Welcome to the Consecrating Your Life podcast. Today's episode is just with me, Elena Aburto. I wanted to share my thoughts on what I would do differently the next time I become a leader in the church. So I've served in many different callings, but particularly in Relief Society, I have been a teacher, a secretary, a counselor, and the president. So I just wanted to mostly focus on the calling of being a Relief Society president, but my thoughts are applicable to people who are serving in other callings too. So whether you become a bishop, a ward mission leader, a counselor in any presidency, or if you're serving an elders quorum, whatever it is, I hope that my thoughts are helpful to somebody out there. And just for some background, I was a Relief Society president in a young single adult ward when I was going to school in BYU-Idaho. So the first thing I would do differently if I were to be Relief Society president again is that I would counsel with the members of my congregation instead of only counseling about them. So I feel like counseling hasn't happened as much ever since we started having church for two hours instead of three hours. And the church handbook says that counseling can happen in relief societies and elders' quorums. I would add that counseling can last any time from a few minutes to the entire 50 minutes of those classes. So when I was Relief Society president, I would meet with the ward council and with my presidency. And of course, in those instances, we would brainstorm ways to help the members in our ward. It wasn't until after I was released that I realized we should have counseled directly with the members a lot more. So here's an example of what I'm talking about. My bishop was concerned that most of the members of the ward were not coming to church on time. My ward council came up with ideas such as have the leaders knock on people's doors like half an hour before church to remind them to come on time. And it's because, I mean, we lived in apartment complexes where my Relief Society sisters lived on the same floor as I did. So that was really easy to do, to just knock on people's doors. But we tried that and it didn't seem to work. Nobody really came to church on time. And so if I were to become president again, I would have counseled directly with the sisters during Relief Society. I would have tried to get to the root of the problem by asking like, what is stopping you from getting to church on time? And of course, I would have tried to do so in a loving way, like not acting like a policewoman or anything. And I would have been open to their responses. So for example, like maybe if they had said that they just straight up don't like coming to church and they don't really care about coming on time, I would have asked, so how can I make church a more safe and enjoyable place for you to be in? Or how can we all do that together? After getting to the root of the problem, I would have asked, what are some ideas that you have to get to church on time? Like, what specific goals do you want to set in order to come to church on time? And so when asking questions like that, it's good to follow the Savior's example. Like, he was always asking people questions and opening discussion that way. So here's a more extreme example of why we should counsel together. In my parents' ward, there was a sister who tragically died by suicide. The Sunday after that happened, the Relief Society presidency decided to have a council for the entire hour of Relief Society instead of having the typical lesson. This council allowed the sisters to grieve, to process this shocking death, to comfort each other, and to brainstorm ways that they could prevent something like this from happening again in the future. 
So, okay, this, the second thing I would do if I were to be a leader again is to prioritize visiting people with mental health issues. It is so easy to recognize physical ailments. Like if you hear that somebody in the ward is sick or they just had surgery, ward members will minister to that person. But when someone is suffering with an invisible problem like depression or anxiety, those people need visits and love just as much as anyone else, maybe even more so than anyone else. Since I am someone who suffers with depression and anxiety, I understand how lonely and hopeless that can feel like. The third thing that I would do differently if I were to become president again is to counsel with the Relief Society teachers. I would help them set goals about how to be an effective teacher. And of course, you should attend teacher councils. And I would try to help them be accountable for the goals that they've set. Um, so for example, I, I believe that teachers should really focus on the savior and make the scriptures and conference talks relevant to the members. And by counseling with them, we can brainstorm ways of how to make that happen. And of course, like from, the, from any councils with the members, that'll help to know what exactly they want to hear during those lessons. Okay, the fourth thing that I would do differently is to use the church handbook in multiple ways. So not only should we read the handbook in the first place, but we should also counsel about the handbook with our presidencies and even directly with the sisters in the congregation. So doing things like that encourages revelation as you ponder about how you can apply the handbook's words to the people in your ward. Okay, number five. Fifth thing I would do differently is I would stop stressing so much about things that go wrong because guess what? I mean, even if a Relief Society lesson or activity goes poorly or doesn't go the way that you wanted it to, the Lord's work continues and you never know who was blessed by a lesson or an activity, even if something about it stressed you out as the leader. Your role as a leader is to invite people to come unto Christ, and that's it. You're not there to entertain the sisters. Frankly, I don't even believe that as a leader you are supposed to seek everyone's approval, because it doesn't matter. Don't stress about the wrong things. Just focus on the Savior. Always, always, always focus on what He approves of, what He wants. Sixth thing I would do differently. Constantly encourage informal activities or get-togethers, and it doesn't matter how many people show up to those. So, of course, I think the goal for any Relief Society or any group in the church should be to be a safe place where people can become friends. So because of that, people should feel free to invite others to any activities going on. So, like, for example, if you have a Facebook Book, group or something anyone should feel free to post on there saying like I want to go for a walk or a hike or I want to sing karaoke at my house and anyone who wants to come is welcome one time I heard that a Relief Society president posted something about wanting to go for a walk and only one sister showed up but it was so cool because that allowed this president and this sister to get to know each other and this sister opened up to the president in a way that probably wouldn't have happened if they weren't talking one-on-one -on -one privately. Okay, so the seventh thing that I would do differently is I would give myself credit for what I'm doing right. 
Too many leaders don't feel like they're doing enough. I love the way that Sister Julie B. Beck described that while the Savior was on the earth, the fastest that he moved was probably three miles per hour, which is really slow. And for some reason, we all feel like we need to move a million miles an hour and accomplish so many things by ourselves. And so I just believe that we need to do what we can and recognize that the Savior will accept our efforts. So let me actually give myself credit right now for some of the things that I did do right, which was that I asked the sisters to anonymously write down any questions or concerns that they wanted to be discussed during our Relief Society lessons. That helped me so much, and I did that right at the beginning of the semester or right at the beginning of my time serving so that I could just constantly have those questions or concerns in mind. I also tried using people's names because a person's name is the most beautiful word. I also did my best to delegate things to my presidency, my teachers, and activity leaders. I didn't try to do everything myself. And I also, just in general, I really tried to point all of my sisters to Christ, since he is the way, the truth, and the life. The eighth thing that I would do differently is to, as Moroni says, to pray unto the Father with all the energy of the heart that you may be filled with this love, which is charity. Sister Julie B. Beck said that charity is the atonement working in us. Enough said there. So to close, I just would like to say what leadership has to do with consecrating our lives. So we are humbly called as leaders of the church so that we have the opportunity to give our time, talents, and resources to the Lord. It has nothing to do with glorifying ourselves. It has everything to do with glorifying our Father who is in heaven. I am so grateful that being a leader has helped me to be more Christ-like because as a leader, I have to focus on other people and love them. I constantly have to be worthy to use the priesthood authority that was given to me when I was set apart through priesthood keys so that I can receive revelation to help the people in my stewardship. By keeping my covenants and being righteous by repenting, I can draw upon the priesthood power that I have received. Well, those are my thoughts for today, and I hope you join me next time on the Consecrating Your Life podcast.